This podcast is brought to you by the Jesus Image Ministry. The Jesus Conference is a rare and historic event hosted by Michael and Jessica Kulianas of Jesus Image. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. This is Charisma Connection, and this is Steve Green. We have a special guest with us by phone, and he's a pastor as well as a great author. He's written the book, Slings and Stones, and he's here with us today to discuss this book. And Mike, welcome to the studio. Oh, thanks so much, Dr. Steve. Great to be with you. Thank you. And I notice your subhead is how God works in the mind to inspire courage in the heart. So this is a book that Paul would be proud of. It's about the mind. It really is. It, it, it deals with how you think. Uh, how you speak and how you act in that successive order. Most Christians start with how they act and try to fix behavior first, and you have to start with your thinking. So I marked a quote. I wrote down a quote from your book that really caught my eye, and I'm highly offended by it, I might say. Here's the <laughs> quote. Diplomas don't bring down giants. Ordinary people with a strong trust in God do. You know, I'm kind of proud of my diplomas, and, you know, I think I can bring down giants with them. It's so true, and you know I've got enough diplomas to choke a cat uh, myself. And uh, what I've what I've found is that I still have to come to that place of trusting in God. In fact, the more education I got, the the more I had to answer that question: Do I believe uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit? Do I believe that the Bible is God's word? And uh, that that had was a giant in seminary for me that I had to uh, slay, and I did slay it. And I do believe. And so what I've come to see is it was David's love for God that actually slayed Goliath. Oh, that's good. So tell me a little bit, if uh, someone has not heard the title of this book yet and hasn't maybe seen any promotional materials, what is Slings and Stones about, and who needs to be reading it? Well, it's written for everybody, and it is a a very light read. It's not a heavy read. There are some great truths, some great one-liners in there, but it actually does allow you to do some personal growth work in your own life. Slings and stones. Slings are man-made. Stones are God-made, and we partner together with God to bring down the giants in our life. And so uh, sometimes people, especially uh, followers of Jesus that have been serving him a while, get too passive in their thinking. And so what we encourage is, look, David that stepped up and partnered with God in that moment to bring down this giant. The soldiers for 40 days have been coming out to fight. They get all inspired, all worked up at the worship service, and they come out there and then they back away when the, when the heat is on. But somehow David found the courage to step up into that moment. You know, think about this, Dr. Steve. The actual fight was only 15 seconds. It was over. That's actually what really encouraged me to write the book. The war was over in 15 seconds, yet we're still talking about it today. It was so epic. Such a story. Why is that? It was because of the mind wars David had to fight to get into that moment, and everybody listening is fighting a mind war. What type of mind wars are our listeners fighting? Well, mind wars uh, and uh, giants are those things that block your destiny. So those can be the smallest thoughts from a family member or from high school or somebody said something to get attached. You know, the, I tell a story in the book where uh, one morning I was leaving the house real early in Orlando, and I stepped out the front door. I stepped on a big, fat snake right in the very front part. of It was shocking. I live in the middle of the city. There's this snake, and uh, it scared him and scared me both, right? We, both, we ran. But the, uh, the thing was, for a couple of years, I checked for that snake every day. That experience changed my life, so much so that it altered the way I exited my own house. My and wife would sell the house. We, we'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, and so 
the the thing was that I learned is the enemy wants to plant those snakes in our life yes. so that we alter with those thoughts, and it can be the smallest little thing that that changes that. So we have to address that. Yes, sir. I noticed that you've got three really good and distinct sections in your book: one on thinking, on speaking, and on living. Right. Let's do a little bit of a brief review of each section. If you'll start okay. with thinking first. You, Every time I hear of thinking, I hear of stinking thinking, and we we both preach that a lot. We talk about right. it, but right. as you write about it, obviously David's thought process had to be in the right place in order to attack Goliath. I, it's really amazing. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but nestled in the text, it says in there, David David's father asked him for proof that he actually delivered the cheese sandwiches to his brother. He says, bring back a report to me. In other words, he didn't trust David enough to even deliver the food uh, to, That's good. Uh, to the brothers. And so David has these thoughts in his mind. His own dad didn't even call him for his coronation. He's king. He's already been anointed king at this point, but he wasn't even invited to the party until late. So his father didn't believe in him, and David had to overcome uh, overcome that in his mind. How do you how do you go out and face a giant when your own dad doesn't believe you can deliver cheese sandwiches? So you have to get your you have to start thinking the way God thinks about us. And mm-hmm. I think it was David's encounter with God and those hillsides and the slaying of the lion and the bears that actually set him up to to win in in this moment. And those were mind wars that he fought privately. Isn't it amazing how our fathers impact the way we do war and what goes on inside of our mind? One of the chapters. Uh, is uh, the archaeology of your thoughts, of digging up those old bones, you know. And for me, I think I, I was so driven in ministry, I wanted to be a success. That was the biggest giant in my life. Uh, but that came from uh, wanting to please my father. That came from, uh, you know, uh, wanting to own up to those that didn't believe in me or didn't think I could ever accomplish anything. I actually think part of it was, that's why I went and got so many uh, yeah, I got a, a seminary degree from a, a Baptist school and a Presbyterian school and a, and a charismatic uh, university. One of them you know, will fit. <laughs> One of them's got to work, right? You got it covered. I'm all bum fuzzled now. You yes. Know? So no, but there there is an eclectic way that I look when I look at the scriptures. I can see it from all those perspectives so clearly, and I'm grateful for all those professors. But uh, David didn't have that advantage. And how did he get into that moment? It's pretty powerful that, that he could step up, and it was only with God's help. That's amazing. So you got started down this path of archaeology, and I was going to ask you the question, tell us about the weapon of archaeology. How does it form as a weapon? Well, it, it forms as a weapon by uh, these thoughts clustering up. So someone from the third grade said something to you, and that matches up with an uncle who just made an offhand comment at a Christmas celebration. And those things, those thought clusters end up forming the culture of your mind. But those go away when you begin digging and facing that. You know, in that chapter I talk about how China brainwashed in 1949. They set about brainwashing a whole nation. And uh, it was a little bit controversial when I put that in there, and I documented it very carefully. But they were very, very uh, specific in how they were going to change the way that uh, the Chinese thought about the West and the Western mm. influence. Right. And, and so since that's true, we can do the same. We can allow the Holy Spirit to reframe our thinking the way God thinks about us. And so you move from the thought of how to think better, to improve our thinking, to line up with the way God wants us to think, and you move us right into speaking. So we think it, and then we speak yeah. it. Talk to us about that. Talk the things that you say coming out of your mouth that tells you actually how you're thinking and what we want to do is unify those two things. Uh, for instance, for me, I it was hard for me to believe God was actually nice. 
I grew up so afraid of God. I, I don't know why I did. I, I mean, I can uh, actually I have gone back through that. But at seminary, I never heard one professor ever say, you know what, God is nice. So who wants to come and worship a God who you feel like is going to kill you every other day? Mm-hmm. And, and so by, the Holy Spirit helps us. He carries the thoughts of God to us. God loved us so much he gave his only son. I mean, that counts for something, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Now, that's an unbelievable. It, it, and the thought really drove home, uh, Steve, when I walked my daughter down the aisle some years ago. She was getting married. The love coming out of me was unbelievable. And I just thought, I have woefully underestimated God's love for me all these years. Well, I've just got one question as a f- father. Did, did you love the boy? <laughs> <laughs> at that moment, a hundred percent was the right guy. It was only about twenty years too early. I wanted her not yes. to get married till she's in her forties. Yes, I felt that way myself. My daughter got married young, twenties, and I, I thought this doesn't need to happen right now. But she did marry well, so that's good. That's good. So the weapon of desire. Tell me about that. Well, I, it was David's desire for God. He just says to Goliath, "You look at their little exchange." He says, I basically, I don't think you're supposed to be making fun of God like that. Don't be calling out the God of Israel like that. If nobody else is going to step up, then I am. And it was really uh, the giant that promoted David. Yes. David was not famous before that moment. And so he, he steps up into that, and it was his desire to defend God's name. That's really good. Was. Yeah. We're visiting with Mike Rakes and talking about his book, Slings and Stones. And just after this break, we'll come back and ask him about next, the living up to what our next could be. Mike's written about it. I can't wait to talk with him about it. Please listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. I want to thank the churchfurniturestore.com for sponsoring today's podcast. The Church Furniture Store offers quality, handcrafted church furniture at the best pricing in America. Church Furniture Store is a global leader in the church furniture industry. Since 1991, they've grown into a multi-million dollar company that provides a lot of church items. Some of those items include pews, church chairs, pulpits, communion tables, carpeting, stained glass, altarware, baptistries, and heaters, and Bibles, Christian books, CD, DVD, media, and other church-related items. It sounds like a one-stop shopping hop for most of you, and they ship free to 48 states. You can visit them at churchfurniturestore.com. Thank you very much for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome back to Charisma Connection. We're with Mike Rakes, and we're speaking about his book, Slings and Stones. And we promised you just before the break that we'd be discussing living up to your next. So, Mike, that's about living life and walking it out. Tell me about it. Well, David was carrying the next inside of him, and his own king, the spiritual authority in his life, didn't see it. And there are a lot of a lot of people that uh, go to churches and and have spiritual leaders around them and and they get overlooked all the time. But living inside of David was what God was doing next. The the thing that God was bringing about in Israel was already inside of David and it needed to be released. And it was actually the confrontation with Goliath that released that. And so I just talk about not running or backing away or shying away from that giant in your life. That is the sign of your next place of promotion of what God is doing next in your life. That's good. So could you tell me a little bit about the weapon of storytelling? I'm a big storyteller. I'm a marketer. Love to write stories. Tell me how you see storytelling as a weapon. Well, it's a weapon because it moves you. And you can see David telling the story about, it says he grabbed the jaw. David is saying that. He's telling the story to King Saul. I'm going to take down this giant 
because I've grabbed the jaw of a lion and a bear. And he goes through this story. He's telling the story out loud. He's verbally saying it out loud, connecting, and that's where the behavior comes from. So then David goes out and does it, just in the same way with that same courage. And so it's the stories we tell. How many times do we tell about how someone's wronged us or how we're wounded or what's going on and at work or whatever, and we fail to tell the stories of how God's always come through, he's never let us down, he has helped us in situations where we thought were hopeless. Those are the stories we need to be telling. Stories move us emotionally, that emote, that movement. We move forward through the stories that God has played out in our lives already. So some of us have bad stories, and we want to stay in them. We're the victim of our own story, and we live in it. Comment on that for me. Well, that's what I talk about in that first few chapters of the book, where you've got to face, you got to face the truth. There's the weapon of awareness. You still you don't run from those, uh, and those can be giants in themselves, sure. and you overcome that. But that you have to get through that to, to get into that next moment. And when you think about uh, all that David had to, to uh, go through, even with his own brothers putting him down, and, and we have you know people in, in the church or brothers that are supposed to be brothers in Christ, that are supposed to be all about you winning, they're not, they're not for you winning. They're for themselves. Right, and yes. so uh, by understanding, look, God's working on them. There's a narrative going on in their life that's none of my business. God's working on them, uh, but the narrative in me is that God wants to be strong through me, and He wants me to love everybody, and He helps us get through even those very, very dark times. Uh, we overcome that not by running from them, but by facing them and moving on to what's next. That's so good, and that can help anyone that's listening. That's Amen. really good advice, Thanks. Pastor. There's another quote that I really like that. You focused on it. If you don't mind, I'll just read you the quote and then have you uh, expand on it. King Saul was staring straight at what God was getting ready to do next, and he didn't see it. How many times in our lives are we staring straight at God's will and we miss it? There's a story that comes to my mind when you say that. I, my, uh, I was pastoring a, a church, my first church. There were 38 people. They had tried 51 other pastors to come, and everybody was like, no, I'm not going to pastor that. So I was their 52nd resume. You're a deck of cards <laughs> then, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not the top of the list. But I took the church, so I went in immediately, and I talked to this intern at a local college, and I'm like, hey, come and help me. We're going to grow this church. It's just going to be awesome. And that intern came. He goes, there's nobody here. There's nothing. And literally, that kid missed out because within a few years, we were running 500, had a full-time salaried youth pastor, but that, that kid couldn't see what was next. Mm. And um, each of us can make that mistake if we're not careful because, you know, God never calls leaders and, and even followers of Jesus into good situations. He doesn't need you there. He calls you into challenging moments so that you'll learn to trust and depend on him. And King Saul missed the whole thing. Now King I Saul get it. Now I understand things. <laughs> if I was needed, I wouldn't be here or something like that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's really good. Tell me something else that, uh, for our listeners, uh, first of all, let's, let's tell them where to find your book. Do you have a website? I do have a website, MikeRakes.com. I also uh, blog on there, and uh, I post uh, frequently, and people can uh, pick that up. What do you write about in your blog? I, actually, church life and personal growth. That's pretty much it. Um, I'm all about growing the person. I believe everybody listening can win the fight they're in. They're in a fight. And God's allowed them to, to be in this fight, but it's so that they'll see how God wants to be strong through them. Let me repeat your website just so people can find you and find this great book, Mike Rakes, R-A-K-E-S, MikeRakes.com, where you can find Slings and Stones. And we've got a couple more minutes. I want you to close on something that you want to say about your book 
and what you know it would how it will benefit those who read it. Uh, you know, I know how your podcast goes, so I got to be totally unplugged with you here and honest. All right, <laughs> so uh, this, this is this is the truth. You don't have to tell uh, everything the, you know about me. <laughs> <laughs> the book gets the book actually gets better. I wrote it over a long period of time, over several years. The book actually gets better near the end, so I want to give you one of the Eurekas. Okay. It says in there that David carried the head of Goliath around Jerusalem, <laughs> Okay, but Jerusalem didn't exist yet. David was still a teenager. Mm. Uh, Jay Booth, the Jebusites, David would run them out later, remember, goes up through the water cistern or whatever and, and conquers Jay Booth. So the narrator is writing the story and literally leaves out the fact that Jay Booth existed and skips right to the city of David. And what I got out of that, and I talk about it in the book, is that God wants to wipe out the memory of your enemies so completely that only the victories of God in your life are what's, what are memorable. The, and the other big eureka is that we need to carry the thoughts of the enemy in our hands and not in our heads. Now, this is a book for everyone. It's not just for leaders. It's for people that are struggling with their minds and struggling with what Paul tried to teach. And, and I know you know this. Paul struggled with his mind. It seemed to me the entire ministry, and I've always taught that he never really got over the stonings. He could see them. I just think that he battled in his mind so much that he taught on it so well. Right. You know, the, the thing that I did personally get out of the book is that when David uh, takes down Goliath, it actually was a prophetic example of what was coming next for him because he fought the Philistines his whole life, but he never lost a military campaign. Never. He never lost one campaign. It's amazing powerful. Pastor, I've enjoyed speaking with you. Slings and Stones is a great book. I highly recommend it personally. Uh, I love it. I've got, like most of us, I've got my own mind battles, and uh, I think it helped me. And I don't know that anything can help me, Mike, but I think it did. That's great. Well, you know what? Uh, People in my church have been hearing me speak for a long time, and and they've been coming up. They're like, wow, this is really good. They've been buying copies for their friends that they know are struggling. (laughs) Even if my own church are buying the book, that tells you something. Tells us a lot. Slings and Stones by Mike Rakes. Thanks for being with us in the Charisma Connection. God bless you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Dr. Bill Hammond, founder of Christian International Ministries. Thank you, Dr. Hammond, for sponsoring this podcast. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.